Welcome to DigiPod, a podcast on the current state and evolution of competition law, in which we unravel the concepts behind the newest developments in competition law. I am Roxana Kruse, and I'm joined by my colleagues from CMS Amsterdam and Brussels, Annemieke Heselhoff and Nadine Herra. Hi, Roxana. Very happy to be here. Hello. Thanks for having us. This time we're going to talk about another ongoing project of the European Commission in competition law, the so-called revision of the VBER, so V-B-E-R, short form for the Vertical Block Exemption Regulation. For all those who are not so familiar with it yet, can you fill us in, Nadine? What is the VBER? Yeah, sure. The VBER is about agreements between parties at different levels of the distribution chain, so who are in a vertical relationship. This could be, for example, a manufacturer and a wholesaler, or a wholesaler and a retailer. The VIBA covers only agreements which concern conditions under which the parties may purchase or sell. We call these agreements vertical agreements. And vertical agreements are, for example, distribution agreements, agency agreements, and franchise agreements. In addition to this regulation, so to the VIBA, the Commission has also so-called vertical guidelines to give even more guidance to the companies. The objective is that companies can do a self-assessment. Companies shall be able to know if a certain clause in the distribution agreement complies with competition law or not. Okay, great. But um, can you tell us a little bit more? Why is there a specific regulation and why are there corresponding guidelines for vertical agreements? In principle, the vertical agreements could fall under the cartel prohibition of the EU. Simply speaking, it prohibits agreements that have as the object or effect to hamper competition. However, agreements that create sufficient benefits to outweigh these negative effects on competition are exempted from the cartel prohibition. The Commission is empowered to define by regulation certain categories of vertical agreements that are per se, so en bloc, exempted from the cartel prohibition. No individual assessment of the, for example, efficiency reason is necessary then. Therefore, this regulation is referred to as a block exemption. And then what companies can do is self-assess their conduct under this regulation to see if it is in line with competition law. So now that we have established what the regulation is about, can you tell us what is happening at the moment? Why is the Commission doing a review of the VIBA now? The Commission is doing the review because the current VIBA will expire end of May this year. So in less than half a year now, and it's from 2010, so almost 12 years old. In the last 12 years, as we all know, the distribution world has changed a lot. For example, consumers are buying more and more online and um, are going less to brick and mortar shops. That's why when last summer the Commission has published a draft revised Weber and draft guidelines, um, it was not very surprising that a lot of changes in these draft revised rules are about online sales. In today's podcast, um, we will discuss some of the major changes that are expected. So as I understand it, the revised Weber is still a draft, right Nadine? Indeed. And the draft version could still change. Same for the draft revised guidelines. Many stakeholders have responded to the drafts and position papers. This may of course lead to changes in the current drafts. But still the expectation is that the majority of the suggested amendments in the draft Reba remain unchanged. Thank you very much. So now we have learned that the Weber needs some updating. What is one of the hot topics in the draft Weber, Annemieke? I would definitely say that this is a topic of dual distribution. This was also the topic for which the Commission received most of the contributions from stakeholders after the publication of its draft revised rules and even initiated a workshop on it. 
But to understand dual distribution better, it is important to keep in mind the system of the Weber. The starting point of the Weber is that the block exemption of the cartel prohibition applies to agreements. And these are agreements between non-competing suppliers on the one hand and distributors on the other. And it applies under two conditions. First, the market shares of both the supplier and the distributor do not exceed 30%. For the manufacturer, this is the position it holds on the markets where it sells its products. And for the distributor, it is the position it holds on the market where it purchases the products. Secondly, there should be no hardcore restrictions included in the agreement. These so-called hardcore restrictions are listed in the Weber and aim to distort competition, such as market petitioning or the determination of minimum or fixed prices. As it stands, under the current Weber, if these two conditions are fulfilled, meaning a market share below the 30% threshold and no hardcore restrictions included in the agreement, the agreement is exempted from the cartel prohibition in its entirety. The revised draft actually looks to change this approach. In case a supplier does not only sell its goods or services through independent distributors, but also directly to end users, it actually competes with its own distributors at a retail level. This is called dual distribution. You can see this in e-commerce and online services happening more and more, where, for example, a supplier also has its own website where you can order products next to the websites and shops of its distributors. Thanks for the background, Annemieke. I think this is very helpful to understand also where we are going. To go more into detail here, how is dual distribution treated under the current Weber and what exactly is expected to change? Under the current Weber, this is not treated any differently than a situation where the supplier does not compete with its distributor. The exemption of the cartel prohibition would still apply. Under the draft Weber, this is no longer the case. When the combined market share of the supplier and the distributor on the retail market exceeds 10%, but remains below the earlier mentioned 30% threshold, only a part of the agreement between them is exempted from the cartel prohibition. The agreement as such is no longer exempted in its entirety. In fact, information exchange between the distributor and the supplier is excluded from the exemption and requires a separate check. Okay, we understand from that that an additional market share threshold will probably be introduced for dual distribution. What do you think will be the impact on businesses? A very valid question. This change may indeed prove a challenge as it could jeopardize the possibility of the supplier to effectively operate its distribution system. As the market share of 10% is relatively low, it can impact many companies in their operation and business case, as the exchange of information between a supplier and a distributor, for instance on topics such as sales, marketing, promotional campaigns and market trends, may be crucial for their success. Whether this information can in the future still be shared and to which extent will depend on the content of other guidelines provided by the Commission. These guidelines are currently also under review. It concerns the horizontal block exemption regulations that deal with agreements between competitors. As they are currently under revision, the expected amendments are not yet clear.
Regardless, it is important for companies that both supply to distributors and to end users alike to be aware that they will have to check their agreements and processes on the manner in which they possibly exchange commercially sensitive information with their distributors and which information they require in return. Thanks a lot. I think this is an important takeaway from today. What else can we expect to change in the revised rules? Exclusive distribution for sure. The draft revised VBER makes clear distinctions between different types of distribution systems. Exclusive distribution systems, selective distribution systems, and other distribution systems. In case of an exclusive distribution, the supplier allocates a territory or customer group exclusively to one or, under the revised draft VBER, a limited number of distributors. Whereas in the case of selective distribution, multiple distributors can be selected if they fulfill certain specified criteria. Especially in the context of exclusive distribution, the revised draft suggests some changes. Not only does it allow for more than one distributor to be appointed for a territory or a customer group, it also allows the supplier to have their distributors pass on certain restrictions. In principle, it's not for the supplier to decide where and to whom a distributor sells its products. Within an exclusive distribution system, this is different. The distributor is supposed to focus its investments and business on the appointed territory or customer group. The supplier can therefore restrict the possibilities for the distributor to focus its investment, marketing and sales on other territories or customer groups. This only works to a certain extent. The Weber allows the supplier, in the context of exclusive distribution, to restrict any so-called active sales to other territories or customer groups. Can you quickly tell us, what does the Weber understand under active sales? In the current Weber, there's no definition for active sales, actually. There's only a description of it in the guidelines. In the revised draft, the Commission finally provides a definition, which is, of course, very helpful. Active sales is actually defined as all forms of selling other than passive sales. So what is passive sales? Passive sales are these situations in which the end user finds the distributor on its own. And then we refer to end users as people or customers from other territories or customer groups, in which case the distributor should be allowed to provide them with the products or services, regardless of the type of distribution system. This approach is not new. It is actually similar to the way the current Weber functions. What is new or revised is what can fall within the definition of active sales, especially when discussing sales via internet. Speaking of which, um, you both have already told us that main changes in the revised draft Weber relate to online sales. So what is changing for online sales now? It is important to remind ourselves that when the current Weber was set up, internet sales was not yet a very big thing. This is also why the terms online or internet are not mentioned a single time in the Weber. Again, only the guidelines give explanations on what is allowed and what is not allowed to restrict the distributor who wants to sell online. Sales via internet are in principle always passive sales and should therefore be allowed. The restriction of these passive sales can constitute a hardcore restriction. Every distributor shall be allowed to use the internet to sell products. So having a website that the entire world could visit is something the supplier cannot easily prohibit. And while under the draft fever the premise might stay the same, the draft itself clarifies for the first time how to assess online restrictions. 
As just mentioned, under certain circumstances, online sales could in fact be seen as active sales. And this would most likely be the case in the context of exclusive distribution. You should think of situations such as targeted ads, targeted online media, price comparison tools, ads on search engines that are tailored to specific territories or customer groups, and websites that offer languages that are not common in the territory for which the distributor is appointed. It could also apply to websites that have domain names that differ from the territory for which the distributor is appointed. But this is the only exception for active sales in an exclusive distribution system. What is the general rule for restriction of online sales, Nadine? The Weber itself clarifies now for the first time that in principle any restriction on online sales, which has the object to prevent distributors of using the internet effectively to sell their products online or to use online advertising channels, will be seen as a hardcore restriction. The restriction can be direct but also indirect. Also, a restriction shall be assessed in combination with other factors. If the restriction on online sales has the object to prevent the distributor of using the internet effectively to sell online or to use online advertising channels, the agreement will no longer be able to benefit from the block exemption. It is in fact likely that the agreement will even be considered to breach the cartel prohibition. Suppliers should be therefore be aware of which limitation within which distribution system they are able to apply. Is there anything in the draft right now for the assessment of specific restrictions on online sales? Not in the Viber itself, but in the draft revised guidelines. The guidelines list some examples where the Commission would assess online restriction as a hardcore restriction. This shall be the case, for example, if the distributor shall only sell in a physical space or in the physical presence of a specialized personnel. This reflects the Pierre Fabre decision of the European Court of Justice of 2011. Pierre Fabre had a clause in the, their contracts requiring for the sales of his cosmetic and personal care product the physical presence of a qualified pharmacist at the point of sale during all opening hours. So the online selling was de facto so indirectly excluded. Another example for a hardcore restriction on online sales shall be if the distributor has to ask for the supplier's approval in advance to sell online. Does the Commission also state in the guidelines which requirements for online sales are in line with competition law? Yes, I'd like to give you three examples. First, dual pricing. Dual pricing concerns the situation that the same distributor pays a higher price for products which the distributor intends to sell online than for products to be sold offline. In the current guidelines, the Commission regards dual pricing as hardcore restriction. In the draft revised guidelines now, however, the Commission states that dual pricing is block-exempted insofar as it has as its object to incentivize appropriate investments and the price difference is related to the differences in the cost of each channel. This is really a big change. Second, the equivalence principle will be softened under the draft revised rules. The equivalence principle means that the selective criteria for online shops have to be overall equivalent to the criteria imposed on brick-and-mortar stores. According to the Commission, the online business no longer needs special protection by qualifying indirect measures restricting online sales per se as hardcore restrictions. So the criteria do not have to be overall equivalent anymore, provided of course that such criteria do not, directly or indirectly, have as their object to prevent distributors to sell online. Third example, the Commission dedicated now a separate chapter in the draft revised guidelines to the possibility of online marketplace bans 
or also so-called platform bans. After the Coty judgment, where the European Court of Justice allowed a platform ban in the context of luxury cosmetics, the platform ban was at the focus of intense discussions whether or not a platform ban is only possible for luxury products and cannot be extended to usual brand or other products. In the draft revised guidelines, the Commission does not distinguish between luxury and other brand products when applying the Weber. Market-specific circumstances are not to be taken into account. In the past, the German National Competition Authority, the Bundeskartellamt, wanted to consider the important role of online platforms in Germany and qualified platform bans as hardcore restrictions, whereas the draft revised guidelines now explicitly mention that a platform ban is in principle block-exempted. If other online channels, for example the webshop of the distributor, online advertising channels remain available to the distributors. It remains to be seen how the Bundeskartellamt will act once the revised Weber and guidelines will be in force. Thank you very much, Nadine and Annemieke. This has been very insightful. Our third episode of DigiPart is now coming to an end. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to know more details about the Weber and its revision, please read our Law Now article, in which you will find more topics around the revision of the Weber. For further information, please also read our CMS contribution in the context of the European Commission's public consultation on the draft Weber and corresponding guidelines. Please follow us on our CMS Law Now platform and subscribe to our newsletter so you won't miss our next episode and receive all DigiPod updates. Thanks for listening and goodbye.